What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. Jamo K. Davis here with you. I hope you are doing well. I am excited to be back here with you again. Another episode. And uh, I got a lot to get to. We'll talk about Bill Russell and his passing. The almost over with passing of the trade deadline. NFL training camp. Oh, my dear Watson, Deshaun Watson. Pat Narduzzi and his comments about the needs for someone to be policing the NIL. It's needed. It's needed. I also share my story about my recent trip to the Pirates game and the Nats coming up soon. Um, That I'll be going to that game. But then, the one thing I'll get to, let me save it for last, is, you know, I've got a group of friends that um, share a lot of interesting content. There was a link shared with me of a guy talking about how Roe v. Wade could change college football. And I said, I want to hear this. And what he said made a lot of sense, and I will get into that a little bit more at the end. But first, let's talk about Bill Russell. Um, To me, he's right up there with Jackie Robinson in baseball, Muhammad Ali in boxing, Jim Brown in football. And... It was always tough because my grandfather, uh, my family on my mom's side lived in Connecticut. You know, you live in Connecticut, either you root for the Boston teams or you root for the New York teams. And he was all in on the Patriots and Celtics, UConn basketball, and he loved Bill Russell. Uh, My family actually had a house with another former Celtic, um, and they had a very wonderful connection and so there was always a part of me that he rubbed in my face how many championships the Celtics won and how many of the Bullets won and then the Wizards won um, you'd be like you know you could come on over with your grandpa and root for a real team and as I got older I realized that it really disturbed me when I think about the racial issues in Boston that in my mind still go on today But yet somehow on one side, because they're athletes, the racist people, and it's not all of the people in Boston, but it's a number of them. And they can be loud and let it be known. And it's sad to think that when a black person or a person of color has a jersey on, and especially if they're winning, they're okay. But when they take that jersey off, or if it's just a person of color that isn't an athlete, there's a, there's a level of respect that is lacking by the bad apples that are spoiling for the bunch in Boston. Because in my mind, that's really what I've always thought about. That Boston was one of those cities where it's just like, nah, I can't get with it. And to think, 
to think that they won all of those championships, tied for the Lakers with the most championships, and I don't think they deserve most of them because of the way they have talked about African-Americans, calling them the N-word, Bill Russell. They don't deserve Bill Russell. That's how I feel. That's what bothers me every day I would think about when we had to travel to Boston. And even with the Red Sox and, and Big Poppy. Oh, he's okay. But overall, eh. There are a lot of racial issues there, and I hope we can all get better. You know, I certainly don't don't condone it, don't want it to happen, and I don't I don't know, maybe generations it will have changed, but you would have thought that it would have changed that we wouldn't be dealing with the same things we're dealing with now. But we are. And maybe in some ways our previous president, number 45, may have brought some of that back out. But to this day, I just feel like, no, they don't deserve Bill Russell. And it was sad to see a champion of that caliber pass away at the age of 88. My condolences to his family and the NBA family. Shoot, I imagine all of the NBA, if not the Celtics, will be wearing a patch for Bill Russell. Um, he was a pioneer. And he will be missed. He will be missed. And it's probably going to be a very, very moving tribute. There were already some great tributes to Bill Russell right now. But, man, when the season starts and probably again around the All-Star game, yeah, there will be some tears. There will be some tears. I had tears of a different kind as the trade deadline is here for my beloved O's. All of the talk of Juan Soto maybe being traded from the Nats as well. What I don't like is now I've got to root for the Astros. You ask, what? Jim, okay, root for the Astros? How is that possible? Well, it's possible because Trey Mancini of the Baltimore Orioles that was traded to the Houston Astros. Now, first of all, the part that made me sad is to think that, well, you know, a little bit of a reality when you realize, okay, yeah, the O's, you know, it was a good run, but they're not buyers. They're sellers. They're like, yeah, we're building something. Okay, you're going to build something. We'll see if they can keep the momentum because I imagine trading a player like Mancini, right, that can also hurt the team. It can make you think that, oh, man, maybe they didn't really believe in us to continue our winning ways, to maybe make a run to the playoffs. And it's doubly sad to see him leave because I also felt that Mancini was robbed of comeback player of the year at the ESPYs to Clay Thompson. Now, look, Clay Thompson, yep, came back from ACL injury. Was out two seasons. They won the NBA championship. I get that. But not when at the ESPYs, Dick Vitale has what seemed like a two-hour speech on Jimmy V and cancer. 
and then you don't give the SB to comeback player of the year to Trey Mancini who overcame cancer and is back playing for the Orioles. That makes no sense. None whatsoever. And don't say, oh, well, well the Orioles aren't, or they aren't winning. So that the championship is what it is? Eh. I don't know. I just thought that Trey Mancini should have gotten it. And even realistically on Twitter, I mean, it was going crazy tonight. The SP's like, what are they doing? But it is what it is. I think Clay Thompson, I mean, epic, epic for the Warriors to win the championship the way they did. And I'm sure it was a tough decision. But to see Trey Mancini go was a tough decision. I hope for the Orioles and not like, eh, whatever. We're not really going to win anything. Just trade them. I just hope that's not the case. And it's a three-team deal with the Tampa Bay Rays, which also is kind of weird to me. I mean, the Orioles are getting some... I don't know. I guess my thing is like, okay, you get some minor leaguers and Seth Johnson and Chase McDermott, and you just wonder, okay, when are they going to come to fruition? When are they actually going to be called up and make a yeah, have some significance on the on the Orioles? The Orioles, who may have been a surprise team in Major League Baseball, they're 500. I mean, to think that they were just three games out of the wild card spot. You didn't need to trade Mancini. You didn't. He had a decent batting average of 268, 10 home runs, 41 RBIs. I just... I worry a lot that I just don't know if, I don't want to say if winning doesn't seem to matter in Baltimore if you get rid of Trey Mancini right now. Because I know he meant a lot to that locker room, not just what he was doing on the field. And I worry that that's it. Now, now that's, that's it. It wasn't like he had a ridiculous salary that you had to get rid of. He didn't even make over $10 million a year. I'm just disappointed that, that they did this. And to think that part of what they did was to trade a player that also... Like when you're doing a, a trade that helps the Tampa Bay Rays too and they're, they're in your division, like I just, I don't get it. Now I know when you think of, you know, like the young players on the Orioles and everybody's talking about how they love the new catcher, Adley Rushman. Ryan Mount. Castle as the infielder. Cedric Mullins. I just don't like it. 
I just I think it was a mistake and I question Orioles management I do I think it was worth it for you to say you know what let's see how this plays out we're the darlings of baseball right now we're 500 it would be a wonderful story to see this team make the playoffs and now I worry if they can even do it I don't think they can I really don't I'm bummed I'm really bummed you know what else is really bumming me out I simply cannot I simply cannot get into preseason football anymore. I don't want to hear about, oh, this player is not throwing the ball well in training camp. Although I am really disturbed that we're already saying that (laughs) about Carson Wentz in Washington, the Washington Commanders, and Carson simply cannot take command of the offense if you read anything from the Washington media, but mostly the fans. It's like, okay. It's the first camp without Big Ben since, what, 2003? I'm happy Debo Samuel got a deal. I didn't want to see him get traded. But the thing for me also is that I feel like we're, you know, I went to lunch today. I was outside. And I felt like not everybody was wearing masks. Well, I didn't feel like. You could see most people didn't have on masks. And it was like, COVID's not over, y'all. And all I'm saying is, at least wear a mask to try to prevent yourself from getting it, at least if nothing else, so you don't inconvenience yourself for five to 10 days. Like Pete Carroll of the, of the Seahawks already has COVID. Kyler Murray has COVID. Like it's not over. And there've been a couple of times where I like hop out of the car and I walk in a store and then I kick myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot my mask. And I'm not perfect. No, I'll be like, "Ah, I'm just going to run in for a second and I'll come back out. Like, I'm wrong. I am 100% wrong. Because I don't want to catch COVID. I don't want to catch it again. I don't want to be in a room for 10 days. I don't want to be in a room for five days. If you say, oh, well, you want to do that? Yeah, you do. You got to quarantine. You're supposed to. We are not over COVID. And let's just see how things happen. Let's see how things happen. I don't obviously I don't want any player, any person to get COVID. I don't. Um, but this like not wearing a mask and acting like, oh, it's over. It's not over. And it's never going to be over if we can't be vigilant about the fact that it's not over. And that's our big problem in my mind. I am excited about fantasy football, though. It's really the draft that I like more than the games. It really is. 
Actually, you know, last season, Dexter and I were doing color casts. I really liked it. I'm going to miss color casts. Wish we were doing doing it again. I miss doing play-by-play, -play, period. So hopefully someday I'll be able to do it again. But we'll see. What somebody else is going to be able to do again, my dear Watson... Deshaun Watson will be under center this season for the Cleveland Browns. For better or for worse. He got a six-game suspension for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. He will not get paid, but his contract this year is only for $1 million. So you think... Right? You know good and well the Cleveland Browns like, we're going to do you a solid. We know you're going to get suspended. You're going to get fined. And they knew it was probably going to be based on salary. So they gave him a crappy salary for this first year and gave him a whole lot of money as a signing bonus. The Browns, the Texans, the NFL are all implicit in trying to help Deshaun Watson get out of this. Because all they care about is football. They don't care about the women. They just have to deal with it because Deshaun got caught. That's it. That's it. And I have to hand it to the Deshaun Watson defense team because they did the best thing that they could in saying, I'm going to call the NFL's bluff. I dare you to suspend me for more than a season. And you can't do anything about Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones and Daniel Snyder? Nah, because their conduct is supposed to be above the players. They're supposed to be setting an example for the players. And they didn't get anything for their transgressions. They didn't get anything. Well, they all didn't do it, but they didn't get anything, at least with Daniel Snyder, they can't get him on his ticket gate. They had a disciplinary officer, Sue Robinson, that ruled on Monday in a 16-page report. Recommended that Deshaun Watson be suspended for the entire regular season and postseason. Robinson wrote that the NFL recommended he be suspended for the entire season. And it's like, yeah, six games. Now, in the ruling, Robinson said that she was trying to differentiate between violent and nonviolent sexual conduct. And that she concluded that Watson conduct does not fall into the category of violent conduct that will require the minimum six-game suspension, which the league had established as, quote, by far the most commonly imposed discipline for domestic or gendered violence and sexual acts, which, by the way, that was a suspension for Ben Roethlisberger. He had two. Two allegations of sexual assault. Deshaun Watson is at 30. So where is the equality in that? 
I don't know. Darius Geis, Johnny Manziel, Kareem Hunt. I don't know if it's Jerron or Jaron Jones. Got 10 games. Jaron Jones got 10 games. Eight-game suspension for Kareem Hunt. It's for domestic violence. Darius Geis and Johnny Manziel was for six games. Greg Hardy for four games. I feel bad for the women that probably feel in many ways, which we all know sexual assault is one of the hardest cases to prove. It's the he said, she said, unless there's video evidence, audio evidence. It's hard to prove. And I also was thinking that, you know, well, he didn't play all last year. And although that was because the investigation was ongoing, could have played. Maybe the NFL could say, hey, we'll let him play until we come to some kind of resolution. I mean, to think that the Texans also had to reach settlements with 30 women because the Texans were implicit. in an alleged role with Watson. I think the part that adds to, you know, as I brought up the owners as well, is some stories I missed, some stories you may have missed. And one story that shocked me, I was like, wait, what? How did I miss this? June 10th, 2022. The story in USA Today. Police detective testified she believed Deshaun Watson committed crimes. A Houston police detective testified this week that she believed Deshaun Watson committed crimes after investigating 10 criminal complaints against him. That was in a pretrial deposition transcript. The detective was Kamisha Baker. She expressed her opinion to the Harris County District Attorney's Office, but was never called to testify before the grand jury. She said, she was asked, quote, well, first, she says she believed Watson committed criminal and decent assault, sexual assault, and prostitution in cases where money was exchanged and there was consensual sex. So they asked her, quote, do you feel confident you had the evidence needed to pursue those charges? Baker said, yes. Was there any doubt in your mind's investigation officer that a crime had occurred? No. It makes me sad. It really makes me sad. I mean, it makes me, it does also make me sad for Deshaun Watson. Not that, oh, boo hoo, what is he going through? But just 
the whole thing is just you know for any woman out there you know I couldn't imagine and luckily I've never had to deal with that a family member going through sexual assault my wife like no I uh. I mean, if you also think that no, it's not apples and oranges. But Calvin Ridley of the Atlanta Falcons is suspended for the entire 2022 season because he played several bets totaling $1,500 last November while he wasn't playing football. There's no evidence that he had inside information or that he placed bets on the Falcons. This is from Roger Goodell, quote, Your actions put the integrity of the game at risk, threatening to damage public confidence in professional football and potentially undermine the reputations of your fellow players throughout the NFL. Does that not sound like the same quote you would say about Deshaun Watson and suspending him for a year? Calvin Ridley said he wasn't even watching football at the time. He was on a voluntary break from football to focus on his mental well-being. I think the NFL has a big issue with the gray area that is integrity of the game. We'll see if the NFL doesn't about face or makes a change. But I'm disappointed. I am really, really disappointed. I think the whole Deshaun Watson fiasco, um, I, I... I don't I don't think it was handled properly. And uh, I feel like there's a lot of covering up. Oh, let's just, let's just play football. Yep, just play football. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Now there is something to see in college football. In my Pittsburgh Panthers, Pat Narduzzi, head coach of the football team. Said that, yeah, we need to fix the NIL. We need to fix it. That, you know, it's the Wild West. This is me speaking now, not Pat Narduzzi. It's the Wild West with NIL. And there's probably a lot of tampering. 
Now, Doozy said, quote, I want our kids to make as much money as they can, but I want them to work for it and do it the right way and not just black market it. And I can't disagree. You know, who knows if the reason why Jordan Addison is over, you know, transferred out of pit to the USC Trojans is because of money. Or also because he knew that his guy, Kenny Pickett, was like, peace out. I mean, if you ain't my quarterback, I don't want my numbers to suffer. Then all of a sudden, I can't get as high a draft pick. I don't agree with it. And I don't. Th- I think it's a sad statement thinking about the current players and his teammates that were at Pitt. He went on to say that we need to see more control because, quote, it has to be pretty equal throughout the country. There can't be wide gaps or we are going to ruin college football. The NCAA messed up everything with not really having a solid plan for how to deal with the NIL. Name, image, and likeness could potentially ruin what we know of as college football. And I like that Pat Narduzzi is speaking up, and I hope that they can do something about it. Now, what they can't do anything about, as I said I would end the show with, and this is definitely, definitely something that I'm going to have to take some time to think about this. I really am. So as I mentioned, I belong to several, as you probably do too, several text message groups. And someone posted a video of, this guy I'd never heard of talking about how Roe v. Wade is going to destroy college football in the South. And it wasn't his original idea. He said he was at a bar and overheard just some people talking. And it got him to thinking. And then it got me to thinking, oh, that's interesting. I take it a step further and think, oh, it's going to change sports, period. You, you may see this. Happen sooner than you think. Especially in college. Where a player who, okay, if you got name, image, and likeness, then that means you got some money. If you don't have name, image, and likeness, that means you're going to need some money if you get someone pregnant. Maybe you don't want to play in a city where you can't get an abortion. Where abortion is illegal. There are also people out there that we've all heard the term of gold digger. And whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, there is no doubt that both of those sides can be gold diggers. Guys can be gold diggers too. They can be gold diggers too. But as we're talking about on that first level, if you're talking about high school or college and you're having to pay for child support or possibly risk of going to jail because you helped your uh, partner go across state lines to get an abortion. Oh, no. Uh, Maybe I need to think about what school I go to. Maybe I need to think about going to a school where 
abortion is legal. Did you ever think about that? And that's going to affect a lot of those teams in the South, that SEC, Big Ten, wherever the heck Texas plays now, which is crazy. Texas, I'm talking about states here, Wisconsin, Louisiana, Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia, the South. We can go beyond that. We got Arizona, Utah, Missouri. Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia, Ohio, South Carolina, Mississippi, Arkansas. I think I said Oklahoma already. That's a lot of states. That's a lot of states that all wanted. No, it's pro-life. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Then all of a sudden, two to three years from now, oh, well, mm, uh... We're not getting any players at Alabama anymore. Uh, what's going on? Oh, well, they're going to go play in California or New York or Florida, which uh, Florida, Pennsylvania, Virginia, North Carolina, they said it's legal for now to get an abortion. Maybe they're going to Washington, Oregon, Nevada, Colorado, Illinois. Massachusetts, Maryland. I mean, think about that. And then let's take it a step further. If you're a professional player and you're like, yeah, um, either I'm not ready to have a kid or it was an accident. And then you're like, oh, wait. Um, oh, we're in a state where that's illegal. Could you imagine if you were a free agent and you're looking at the places you want to play and you have to cancel out. Now, granted, a lot of these states, unfortunately, don't, you know, some of them don't have professional sports teams. But, you know, maybe you're going to think about that. Maybe I don't want to play in Milwaukee. Maybe I don't want to play in Phoenix or Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, Green Bay, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Utah, I'm good. Nah, I'm going to sign with this team just on the chance that something happens and I got to pay child support or I go to jail. Or I just don't believe in it. I don't like that Roe v. Wade was overturned. But the one that's going to hurt the most is that college football down in that SEC. Down in... The ACC, Big 12, Big 10. Don't let some of these places where everything is about college football, like a Oklahoma, a West Virginia, Kentucky a little bit, Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, where they don't really have a professional team, South Carolina, yeah, well, all you got is college sports and all of a sudden the athletes are wising up and saying, well, wait a minute. I don't want to go play there. Too much at stake. I can't risk it because come on, young guys, you know, it happens. It happens. And when it does happen, you want to be able to not make it happen, not make it become a reality. 
not me, I'm saying as the player who may say, yeah, let's, let's, let's stop this. Well, if you can't stop it, then maybe the only way to stop it is seeing two, three moves ahead. And when you're in high school and Alabama is trying to recruit you and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to Alabama. Well, why wouldn't you want to go play for Alabama? Because you banned abortions and you know, you know. I mean, that blew my mind thinking about it like I never even thought on that level. And it wasn't an original idea, but even the guy who posted the video wasn't his original idea. But I am curious to see what happens when you think about what the Supreme Court did, when you think about it two, three, four years from now, all of a sudden the dominant conferences in football, the dominant teams in football are losing recruits and NIL isn't changing that. Let's see if you're really pro-life or pro-football. We'll see. That'll do it for Justice Sport. I'm Jamoke Davis. Ciao for now. Are you looking for a better way to play player props or daily fantasy sports? Well, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the leading over-under daily fantasy game. Why? Because it's so easy to use and win. You can make your picks in under 30 seconds and win up to 10 times your money in one day. Right now, we have a special offer for our viewers and listeners of the Just for Sport podcast. All you have to do is sign up now and use the promo code J for Sport, and Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Yep, that's right. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. So join the over 150,000 others who found a better way to play and download the Prize Picks app today.